When you've been injured in an accident, you need a lawyer. And you deserve an advocate. Because every accident has a ripple effect. It affects your time, your health, your ability to make money, everything. That's where the advocates can help. Thanks to our decades of experience, we know what your case is worth and will fight to get you every penny you deserve. Consultations are simple and always free because you're not just a client to us. You're a person and you deserve the best help you can get. You deserve an advocate. This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show. Streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, the Monty Show. Good Tuesday already. Uh, We're just five days away from the Super Bowl right here on the Monty Show. A lot of Super Bowl talk coming up in hour number two on the Monty Show. Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. A lot of conversations yesterday about, hey, is Patrick Mahomes already better? Is he the GOAT already? I think it's a wild conversation that the NFL version of the dad bod God would already be the GOAT. We'll talk a lot of Super Bowl coming up. NBA trades coming up. In the Monty Show members only chat, our guy Boss Frog losing his mind over the Dartmouth uh, NLRB ruling yesterday. Are we? I think we're at a point now. Where and I, I think boss is exactly right. I, I this this story out of Dartmouth yesterday, and if you didn't hear it, the National Labor Relations Board ruled in favor of Dartmouth and certain athletes. There are employees, and I think this thing flew well under the radar yesterday. And I think it's only because it's Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If this was, and now listen, on the show yesterday, we established that USC is a very small school with no brand. <laughs> you know, I chose violence today. Uh, but the point is that Dartmouth's men's basketball, I, I mean, essentially the NLRB ruled that they're employees of Dartmouth University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, the other big piece of that is because they're employees, that allows them the ability to unionize. And I think that's the portion that, yes, that, you know, if you're the NCAA uh, is, I mean, obviously uncharted water, but I also think it's dangerous. I think that, you know, again, the, these, these kids, you know, forming unions and, and building that type of structure, yes. you know, totally changes the relationship. It changes how we look at them and, and it changes how, you know, you can make money or not make money. You're talking about benefit packages and like all this different stuff that comes with being an employee and being in a union. And I'm not even saying as far as the kids are concerned, it's a bad thing. But I think when you look at the impact unionizing would have on the relationship between the athletes and the NCAA, I mean, you know, again, I think it's a great point. This is Dartmouth. Like what happens when it's Duke or UNC or USC or like a huge brand that, you know, now all of a sudden is, you know, uh, embracing this tactic. It's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're at this point and I can only I can only say it so many times that if you think that um, if you think that there's going to be an opportunity for the NCAA and the old head billionaires to hang on to every bit of their money the way that they have been for decades. I think you're 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 fooling yourself because I don't believe for a second, not for a second, 
that this Dartmouth issue is going to go away. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that they'll form a union because frankly, I don't, I don't think that probably is their best move. I think their best move at this point is to use this, this ruling by the national labor relations board to get benefits, to get the things that they want. And I don't think, again, I think if you form a union, you're, you're not going to be able to go as far with that union as you would like. I think you need to be in a position where you are able to, to operate as a professional athlete. At the end of the day, I think that's what this comes down to. But if anybody believes that forming a union is going to get you a paycheck, I just don't think that's the case because uh, I, it doesn't make financial sense for a small college basketball team like Dartmouth to draw paychecks from administration. Mm -hmm. That's not where your most money is. Well, and I also think the question that nobody's thinking about is, let's say that they do draw paychecks. Let's say that they become employees and we go down that road. How does that impact, uh, uh, you know, admittance to the college? Because, you know, that's the, yeah. that's the answer, right? That's the counter to, okay, you guys want to be employees. Now we got to start changing it from, Hey, we gave you a scholarship or you got, you know, we accepted you into our school to yeah. now we're, now we got to change it to a, you know, a, a quote unquote hiring process. And I think, you know, when I look at that, that, you know, you think it's hard to get into school now. Mm. Like what's, does that, does that mean we're going to be in a place where if you're a great athlete, it's harder for you to get into school? I mean, I can't imagine that's going to take place. So that's why I say like, I, it, it, I, I, unionizing, yeah, probably isn't the correct way to go about it. But I also think that when you're in a place where, you know, you're trying to get paid, if you set up a system where it's on the school to pay you, that's not the best for them either. So I think it's just a matter of getting to this place yeah. where you can deregulate a little bit or or maybe not even deregulate, just some type of system that allows these kids to get paid as much money as they can possibly get paid in whatever form or fashion they'd like to be paid well, in. And I think the, the other obvious point here is, well, what about the women's basketball team? Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously Title IX is something that we talk about a lot when it comes to equality, as we should. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you're you are going to see that if if these administrations and these universities have to start cutting checks, all you're doing is restricting opportunity. So you have to find that balance where you're not spending too much money on you know payroll where you have to cut the badminton team or the volleyball team or right because i think that's that's what you're seeing is it this money and if you think these old heads are going to give up their money you're wrong sure they might be again cutting paychecks to to the men's basketball team but the chess club now just got their funding cut to make up for that gap like they're not just going to give your their money away it's that's not going to happen but hey listen I, I, I think the other thing that I, I very much believe in is unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. When you when you get something like this, and I, I think it's long overdue, and I think it is a big deal, there are unintended consequences. And I you, you never or rarely know what those are ahead of time. And I think we look at NIL, and I think we're looking at a lot of unintended consequences right now, where we don't fully understand the impact that handing these 18, 16, 18, 19-year-old kids millions of dollars 
How is that impacting their future trajectory? Well, and I think when you look at college athletics overall and you look at unintended consequences, like, you know, we're going to get to this SMU situation, but I think it's a perfect example yes. of unintended consequences. You know, you if you're SMU, you thought, hey, we can buy our way into a conference essentially. And yeah, we'll just keep, we'll, we'll just be elevated to P5 status. Turns out that's not the case, right? Turns out that maybe, hey, it's not as simple as that. So for these kids at Dartmouth, like, I, I, yeah, I, I think whether it's the women's side or, or like, there's all these questions and variables, but I think the one constant that we can rely on is, yeah, the old heads are fully committed to finding whatever way possible they need to find to keep their money. So really it's always come down to, again, as I always say on the show, how exactly do you want to be screwed out in this situation? Because it's going to happen. You're going to have to make sacrifices you don't want to make if you're going to ask schools to operate in this fashion. And I think, you and know. It, but, I, but again, it's Dartmouth. Yeah. With all due respect to Dartmouth, this is not, you know, OG Gary's favorite University of Southern California. This is not. Arizona. Arizona. This is not Alabama. This is not the. This is. Dartmouth, they are not in a financial position to have student athletes unionize against them and then negotiate a, a, a labor agreement uh, I, I, like that. Understand the level that we're talking about. And I think, again, I just think it'll be very interesting to see where all this goes. Uh, real quick, did anybody notice what happened in in? Manhattan, Kansas mm. last night. Anybody notice that K-State did it again and they continue to be dominant in overtime and Kansas lost again? Like a shocking night in this the state of Kansas. That K-State basketball team is well coached, man. And and I know they were underdogs coming into that game, but well coached team. Very much executing so. Executing at a high level. And that's why they won that game. You know, and and again, it's what we were talking about on the show yesterday, or might might have been might have been Friday, where you have this concept of, hey, like winning matters, man, and and I I while Kansas would be a top cut team in that new tier we discussed yesterday on the show, I also think mm -hmm. losing to K State with you know some regularity recently is not great for your program. Well, and I, I think the K-State Kansas rivalry is undervalued especially on the hardwood. That's mm -hmm. their 300th basketball meeting. Uh I think it is I think it is one of the must-watch games. Now I watched every bounce of the Duke Carolina game over the weekend. Like that's must-watch basketball especially for us Carolina fans. Mm -hmm. Um but I'll tell you if, if you miss another Kansas K-State game that's on you and don't say you weren't warned. Uncle Monty told hey, you. Hey, Monty. Hey, Uncle Monty. <laughs> I told you, man, that that uh, you have got to pay attention to Kansas K-State. And I think what what Tyler Perry did, what that team does in overtime, um, I think is is just remarkable. And we were saying that. I, I, I It was a wildly entertaining basketball game. Yeah. So a lot going on in the world of sports, but I think the biggest story in sports this morning – uh, is this situation with SMU in the college football playoff? Um, the college football playoff yesterday voted uh, to give the ACC a lesser share uh, for SMU joining. And as we talk about unintended consequences, I think it was just believed 
that the college football playoff executive committee would just be like, yeah, sure, we'll give the ACC a full share for SMU. Dilly dilly. And I've never believed that SMU is a P5 brand. And I know that we've taken a lot of a lot of heat from our friends in Dallas County. I understand that SMU fans are passionate, but small but mighty passionate Mustangs. I get it. Um, but what is what is the college football playoff committee said here? They have said that they are not interested in rubber stamping the also runs of college football. And I think that's exactly what this statement says is that SMU is not a big enough brand to get the, the top payment in college athletics. Now, I think it's also important to understand this is just for the next two years until the contract expires. And once that contract is renewed, if it is renewed, because I think that's also something that's up in the air with this Big Ten SEC movement, I think that's up in the air. But when you you look at where SMU is for the next two years, they are going to be a financial liability hanging over uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth community. It's not even Fort Worth. Boy. Hanging over the SMU community because now those boosters are going to have to give significantly more money to offset losses in athletics. And I think this is a shot over the bow at the ACC, who continues, Jake, to find itself in controversy. And this may be unintended controversy, but it is what it is. I just think this is another shot over the bow of the ACC. They've got to do something to really bolster their standing in college athletics. And there's no question that adding SMU for free essentially was was never a good decision. And if you remember, that came on the heels of the Calford decision, which I still think wasn't a great decision. And so I think ACC leadership has kind of been, you know, you know, pretty average with their decision making lately. I I I think they handled the Florida State situation pretty well, uh, the best that they could. I think they dropped the hammer on that pretty swiftly. But I think as far as expanding the conference, doing business inside of the conference, it hasn't exactly been great. And I think the problem is it's this old thing that we talk about on the show all the time. Like if you don't win, you better have a value in another way, right? Like there are brands in college football that don't win and don't go to the college football playoff with, you know, regularity, not every single year, maybe twice every five years, but they're still extremely valuable to your conference. They still make you a ton of money because they have the TV audience. They have the viewership. They have the leverage that way. SMU has neither with all due respect. You don't win and you don't draw a big enough TV audience to justify what you're trying to get done. So, yeah, it is unintended consequences when you jump into a conference, you just assume the college football playoff is going to grant you P5 status so that you can go out and get your shares of the college football playoff. Because that's the other thing here not to be confused about, right? Everyone thinks, oh, well, SMU joined for no money. They're not going to get paid anything. That's actually not true. They joined and said, hey, we won't take any ACC TV distribution money. But if when if slash when we get into the college football playoff as a conference, we're going to want our fair share and we expect a full share because now we're in a P5 conference. So for SMU, for the ACC, it's a problem across the board. So, yeah, the donors in SMU land are going to have to cover the difference because allegedly based on, you know, the reporting and, and what we've seen. The money you would make in this in this you know chop down share, if you will, for SMU is going to be less than you were making in your prior conference. 
So again, you don't win. You don't have the TV audience. Now you're not going to be making as much money as you were, and your donors have to cover that difference. So yeah, I, I think that the SMU ACC thing has been rocky to say the least. And that's why I think we don't see it a whole lot. You don't see, you know, teams and yeah. schools just getting added for nothing, essentially. That's the issue. Well, and we we fought about this tooth and nail, whether it was, you know, Oregon State or the value of the Mountain West Conference. Certainly SMU was in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's why when we we were debating, you know, universities like Tulane, universities like Memphis, when you when you have question marks surrounding your ability to compete at the highest level, and it's to your credit what you always say that like you haven't won football games. But was anybody ever going to compare Stanford and SMU? No, they were not going to do that. And I think when you look at SMU's value to the ACC, it's significantly less than Stanford. And I think the obvious is, well, Stanford was a P5 in the Pac-12. But I also think that SMU does not have a winning history. Mm. SMU does not have a recent tradition. SMU brings very little TV market to the, to the conference. And I think the struggle for the college football playoff is they, at some point, had to put their hand in the dirt and get ready to get after it. And this is what they're doing. They are setting themselves up for future negotiations right. here. And I think the the group that really should be that really should be looking at this is the Pac-12 because you're a two member conference, so you're already pushed out because you're not going to get an auto bid. You have to have a minimum of eight now. We know, and I wonder what the what the compromise is going to be because there was a compromise here for SMU. They're going to get some money. They're not going to get all of their money. So now the question is. What is a compromise for the Pac-12 or the Pac-2 in this case? And what do you do to try and secure a future beyond 2025, 2026 for the Pac-12? And the answer is, I don't know. Because I don't, it, it does not seem to me, and it does not feel like to me in conversations that I've had, that there's a particular attraction for the college football playoff to Oregon State and Washington State. Mm -hmm. Not as a group, not as an entity, as separate entities in different conferences. Sure, that absolutely could happen. But I don't see any way, shape, or form that the college football playoff is just going to hand the Pac-12 a bag because the Pac-12 said so. Yeah, and I think you know the, the big part of that, again, is TV partners and whether you win or not. Again, if, think how different this conversation would be if Oregon State and Washington State were Oregon and Washington. Right? Very different. If you were Oregon and Washington, ESPN would be all over this. And as a result of that, the College Football Playoff Committee would be inclined to, to cut you some slack and maybe say, hey, yeah, we'll look the other way. We'll continue to give you X, Y, and Z because you guys win and you create a winning TV product. And, and, and again, it's this difference between Stanford and SMU. Stanford hasn't won a lot recently, right? Recently. But Stanford football is a brand. Stanford football has won in the past. We all know that. And by the way, you want to be affiliated with them with them in education. They're an educational powerhouse. So you have reasons to want a school like Stanford in your conference. The college football playoff committee doesn't have a good reason as to why they should give Oregon State and Washington State uh, as schools and really the Pac-12 or two or five or whatever, whatever the hell we're you want to call it, 
uh, uh, conference recognition. There's no reason to do that. So we can sit here and be like, oh, yeah, Kirk Schultz is going to stand in the way and he's going to do the leverage play. But the reality of the situation is he's not in a position to stand in the way. He doesn't have the money, the fortitude, the resources to try to sweat these guys out. That's the problem here. So, yeah, the question still remains. Why have you not merged with the Mountain West? Why have you not secured your future for the next, you know, I, I whatever, five years, 10 years, whatever, whatever the agreement will be? Why haven't you done that? Because what we do know is that your athletic department at Washington State is a mess. It's a mess. So I'm just trying to understand Kirk Schultz's play here, the Pac-2's play here, because if you think that you're going to get all that money for them, you're out of your mind. They're not doing that. They're going to vote to change it from a 6-6 six and six to a 5-7, and seven, and they're going to vote to say, hey, if you want to be part of the college football playoff, you got to have eight teams in your conference. That's well, going to happen. And I, I understand why Kirk Schultz, and it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous conversation. Kirk Schultz essentially suggested that the Pac-12 would have revenue and voting power beyond 2025. That's what he's trying to, this has nothing to do with, you know, where he sits currently. Kirk Schultz wants to guarantee that the Pac-12, which we don't even know is going to exist, would have a seat at the table and voting power on what happens with the college football playoff moving forward, to which everybody else said, no, that's not going to happen. And I think the thing that's very interesting is Kirk Schultz needs a 5-7 model because ultimately he's not going to, as we've talked about at length for a year on this show, ultimately you are not going to have the ability to control your future. You have two teams in your conference. And I think the college football playoff is leveraging the Pac-12 by saying, hey, we'll make it 12 at large bids in the in the college football playoff instead of giving the G5 an extra an extra seat at the table with a a 5-7 the P4 in a in an automatic qualifier for the top G5 we'll just make it 12 auto bids or 12 at large bids rather mm -hmm. with no auto bids go away so the top 12 teams in the country that's who's getting in the college football playoff and what does that say to the G5 that says good luck you're not guaranteed a spot every year. Mm -hmm. That's the conundrum for Kirk Schultz, who is in business with yeah. the Mountain West, who's a G5. He needs that spot. He needs that at-large bid. He needs that, that, that automatic qualifier. So this only ends one way. It only ends one, one way. I think it's really difficult if you are Oregon State to sit here and allow Kirk Schultz to control your fortunes. And uh, we've repeatedly been told on this show that Oregon State really is in a no-win situation. They weren't able to find their way into the Big 12 or the Big 10, and they asked repeatedly, and they were rebuffed. They, I think the best route now would be for the ACC to melt down and have a reconfigured membership in the ACC, and somehow Oregon State and likely by extension Washington State end up there maybe. like If you're just going to sit here and try to get the power brokers in college football to guarantee you leverage for the next contract. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know what you, what you, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Want. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It, it's just, it's very difficult. And I think this is, is this waiting game 
which if you're Washington State and Oregon State, I think you're playing very well at this point Mm -hmm. because all you're trying to do is elongate the process and hope that, hey, maybe the Big Ten and the SEC actually do make a move, which I don't think means they're going to leave the NCAA in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, But maybe they do make a move. Maybe there is a higher tier. Maybe we can, you know, when teams vacate to go to this higher tier, maybe we can slide in somewhere. The problem is it doesn't mean that you're going to break up the Big Ten. It doesn't mean the Big Ten's going away. It just means that two or three universities, and now really five or six universities, from the Big Ten are going to wind up playing in this higher tier. Yep. It's it's almost a no-win situation, and you feel terrible. You feel terrible for the Vandys of the world, for the... I mean, I don't really feel bad for SMU. I think when you, when you, when you, anytime you do work for free that you should be getting paid for, that's a you problem. Facts. The I I just don't believe that you should ever work for free. Not not when there's absolutely value in the services you provide. Yeah. SMU completely gave away their brand. Said we're we're desperate. We have nowhere else to go. Please take us for no money. For nine years, no rights fees being paid. It's wild. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for SMU. But I also think, again, on the ACC side, I, I don't feel bad for them either. You devalued your conference by doing that. Like, that was a bad look. Yeah, and and I, I but I also feel like there's this belief that this SEC Big Ten thing is every team in the SEC and every team in the Big Ten, they're just going to break away and have their own division. What sense does that make? What sense does that make? Because if you if you're Purdue, how are you going to schedule non-conference opponents? I, I don't know. Are you going to call the ACC or the Big Twelve, who you just said you guys aren't worth it? You're not on our level, and you're going to schedule games with them. And you really think the commissioner of the Big Twelve or the ACC or they're just going to be like, yeah, sure, no problem, yeah, let's do it? No, they wouldn't do that, and it does not help college football on a national level, which is. What Greg Sankey has talked about repeatedly, we need better regulation across the board. We need to have leadership on a national level, which is why I continue to tell you the NCAA is not going away. I think it's just going to be significantly different and their purview of things will be significantly different. They, uh, you're not going to have a situation where the NCAA just disappears. You're not going to have a situation where these two conferences just go and take their ball and play against each other. That does not make any sense at all. And again, I ask you, if you're the big 10, do you not value any non-conference rivalries? Do you not, do you, do you really think that USC and Notre Dame are going to continue to play if Notre Dame's cut out of revenue? Come on. I, I, I just don't think that that's, that's realistic. I think what's more realistic is, the structure of college football will change. Not the NCAA in totality. The structure of college football will change. You will have this upper tier of teams that will compete for more money and be able to pay players higher higher dollar values. And I think you are going to, within each conference, which will be pervasive across pretty much all of college football, you're going to have this upper tier and then you're going to have this secondary tier. And... I think it's simply going to push down, you know, the old division two will now be division three because there's going to be a new division two and a new division one. Right. Yeah. So I I think that's as as simple as it needs to be. 
the the idea that the Big Ten is going away or that the SEC is going away, wh- who thinks that schools in the SEC are going to give away Southern tradition? They're not. You really think schools built on hundreds of years of belief systems? Do you really think the administrators who are going to make this decision, who have deep roots and ties, dating pre-Civil War, you really think they're going to give up the SEC? No. I, I, that's not happening. And I don't think anyone's asking them to do that. And I don't think that, that, that they're ever going to be in a position where that's at risk. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that the big boys in college football are going to continue to be the big boys and they just need to put together a system that allows them to continue to play the biggest games in college football. And I like what we talked about yesterday. I, I love the concept of a three-tiered relegation system that allow that gives the G5 in the lower end schools opportunity to climb the ladder provided you can win football games. And obviously you'll run into the ceiling uh, of talent because you're not recruiting on the same level as Alabama. But I think uh, giving them that opportunity allows them to operate. And if they can feel good about it, I think that ultimately is what the lower and the lower tiers are looking for. They just want an opportunity to say, Hey, we went out, we competed, you know, we won the lower tier championship and next year we'll try to win the next, the next level. You know, that's what I feel like is, is the compromise. This whole thing about, Hey, like, you know, at large bids or, or auto bids or like, I think it puts the the committee in a in a tough position because you're having to do business based on just two models instead of saying, "Hey, let's expand our mind here and 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 think bigger, bigger picture." Yes. How can we give how can we create a system that you know encircles everybody and allows everybody the opportunity to go out and do what they want to do? And that to me is the long-term play you know, post-college football playoff. That is that is what I think needs to happen. Yeah, I don't see a situation where you can, where, and again, I, I think yesterday uh, amongst the the craziness of Twitter DMs and like so many people yesterday, and I, I again, if you're one of those people that DMs me on Twitter, <laughs> the funniest part about Twitter is, I get so many people are like, you know, it's really rude. You don't answer my DMs. Do you, know, social media. Do you know how many DMs I get? <laughs> I, I and Dude, you don't read my comment. When you do, you don't read the whole thing. Come on. And then you don't read my DM. I'm starting <laughs> to take it personally. <laughs> but I think one of the funniest conversations I had yesterday was with this cat Royce about how the SEC is going to form its own league and that the SEC does what it wants. And... I bring up Royce because I think the one point that Royce made that I thought was really smart was that Tony Petiti has no juice other than the money that the former commissioner made for him. Thanks. Tony Petiti isn't a power broker in college sports. Not yet. And obviously when you're the commissioner of the, the Big Ten, you, you, people are going to take your phone call. But you look at Greg Sankey, Greg Sankey's the power broker. Greg Sankey's the guy that can get things done. and. I think what what Greg Sankey wants, at least as it's been explained to me, is he wants this group of universities and a good number of them in the SEC, a good number of them in in the Big Ten. I think the Big 12 absolutely is going to have two or three 
legitimate chances at that. But you're looking at at teams in the ACC, and and one of the interesting questions is like, what is the status of Dabo and Clemson? And we've debated this on the show. Yeah. But if you go league to league, right? Like we can talk about Alabama and Georgia and, okay, is Vandy getting into there? Of course they're not. Is Northwestern? Of course they're not. Right? If you look at the, is is in college football, is Houston getting into an upper tier? No. Of course they're not. Is Kansas football? Of course they're not. But if you look at Utah, if you look at like the question that I would ask, and and I think one of the most talked about universities is Clemson and Oklahoma State. Is Oklahoma State truly one of the biggest, baddest programs in the country? I'm a man. Don't know that you can say that, man. They looked outclassed versus Texas. And I would just also ask, is uh, Oklahoma? Yeah, Oklahoma is. Yeah, they are. And this is where we get into this conversation about, okay, well, what do we have in the ACC? What do we have in the Big 12? Well, I think in the ACC, I, I, I truly think there's only one. And I think without question, I think that one is Florida State. There is just no doubt about it. But if I said to you uh, right off the jump, is Louisville in an upper tier in football? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, right? Nah. NC State, Georgia nah. Tech. So again, I ask about Clemson. Is Clemson in an upper tier of power five football programs? I think they'd probably make the cut just because they've shown an ability to get there and they've shown an ability to play and win in the big game. But it's just been many years now. Like it feels I, I, it, well, it like, feels like it's been many years. I think it has been, unfortunately, if we're if we're truth telling. I think it's probably been three seasons since they have really been a since they have really been a national championship contender. Mm. And it's probably since Trevor Lawrence left. But looking at Dabo's record, and I think Dabo without question is part of this conversation. If you look at Dabo's record, I mean it, it's not as though he's been terrible. 11 and 3, 10 and 3, 10 and 2. But he also hasn't been 14 and one Clemson, right? And what's the common denominator? Uh, Trevor Lawrence and a prolific quarterback. And when you go 10 and two, 10 and three, 11 and three, and then this year you go nine and four and you finish outside the top 10 every year, that's problematic because he's outside the top 10 the last three years. Yeah. But I think this, the idea that Clemson's not a power football program is crazy. It's crazy. It's 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 the argument we had yesterday on the show, which admittedly may have gotten a little out of pocket. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's USC not being a power program. They are. Clemson is. You know, the other one that I think is a real interesting question. What about the University of Miami? Miami mm. Hurricanes football. Now, recently, no. History, history speaking, absolutely. But see, this is why you need the relegation thing because because you need to be able to say, okay, yeah, Miami, not recently. We're going to put you in the second cut, but you can earn your way into the top cut, right? Like 
That's why you need that because you don't want to just make it feel like, hey, we're permanently excluding the Hurricanes because when they're winning, that's a great brand. That is absolutely a great brand. But but that's not who they are right now. That could change. So that's why I say like teams like UCF, UCF is a nice brand. They're not a top cut brand no. though. They're a second cut brand. But what about brand. what about like think about Pitt? Pitt football second has cut. Pitt football is history and tradition, but I agree. Boston College, no. Right? Like Dartmouth Dartmouth basketball. Absolutely. Well, okay. Anyway, my point is <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I think in the ACC, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find four. I think you can make the argument that Florida State and Clemson without doubt are in. And I I think Miami's in. I think other than that, I think you have no idea. But I I look at I look at the Big 12 and I say to myself, man, that's going to be awfully difficult without Texas and Oklahoma, because they're both in. There's no question about that. Right. Right? Like is Iowa State football in? No. Is K-State football in? No. Is West Virginia football in? No. That's a tough one. Texas Tech. I don't think so. No. I think you got to put Texas Tech in. No? TCU? Don't you have to put TCU in? Yeah. I guess. BYU football? I think they're second cut. I, uh, but again, this is what I always say about BYU. It's tough, man. See, BYU might get a free pass because of the ESPN thing, right? Maybe they maybe they scheme their way in. Like, so I don't know, dude. But again, this is my point. BYU's got a national championship. Yeah, but who the hell even remembers that? Everybody. I don't. I think you're crazy. I think BYU's in. I think Texas Tech is in. TCU, I think TCU's in. I I I, I could be wrong, but yeah. I think I mean, TCU's obviously in. College football playoff appearance, there's no question. But again, that felt like a one-off, not a regularity. Oklahoma State? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, come on. I think they're in. What about the new ads? Arizona, Arizona State, Utah? Utah's in. Utah's in. Colorado? No. Can't have Colorado in there. Ooh. Not good enough yet. You haven't done anything. But this is where the relegation conversation comes. Agreed. In. Agreed. I think that's why I'm saying you're going to have you're going to have the premier top cut. Hey, you're you're you either have been in the college football playoff conversation in the 14 format or you haven't. And Colorado hasn't. TCU has. That's their that's their get me over. Texas Tech is not. Right? Like I I but again, this is why the relegation thing matters because if you can say to Texas Tech, "Hey, yeah, go out and win the second cut." Now you're in. Prove it. Win ball games. Then maybe, maybe we'll put more of a priority on NIL and the portal. And Dabo won't get a free pass for sucking for three years or whatever it's been and not having a quarterback. Then we won't have to talk about, you know, Uyungle leaving you to go to Oregon State uh, to what? Go back to Florida State in the same conference. Then maybe that conversation doesn't need to happen because you'll prioritize yeah. having a quarterback. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't. Does does DJ leaving Clemson is that a bad look? No doubt. Dabo's got to get in the portal. Yeah, and I think at some point, if you continue to be, it's awfully difficult to say Dabo's Clemson teams have been 
afterthoughts. Post Trevor Lawrence, it feels like you've been an afterthought. And it feels like Dabo doesn't want to get in the portal and doesn't want to embrace NIL. And if you're Clemson, how long can you let that go on? Not how long? long. I, I, and why did Dabo not get the, the Alabama job? I think we know why he didn't get the Alabama job because he's not a new age coach and Kalen DeBoer is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, all right. Big O tires and American fork, your total car care experts. They are the, uh, should I say proud, proud sponsors of college football talk on the Monty show. Yeah. Uh, I think they are. It'll be great to, uh, it'll be great to have them on the show. It's always good when you, uh, can partner with the good people like Ryan at Big O Tires and American Fork. Uh, also looking forward to having Jake Retzloff, the starting quarterback at BYU. Or is he? We'll talk to Jake about that coming up uh, here in the coming weeks. Jake is going to be a uh, regular on the show. Uh, so it's going to be nice to talk to him about, hey, what do you, you know, what are your opinions on NIL? What are your opinions on, you know, unionizing of, like, I think that this Dartmouth thing, and I know, again, this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. I know I know it seems some far-fetched place. But if you're Dartmouth and you're the current men's basketball team, are you interested in forming a union? And by the way, if you are, who's giving you that guidance? That's the other question that comes to my mind. You have so I, many of these question. you have so many of these athletes, do they just have one lawyer giving them advice or what's the deal? Yeah. All right. Let's get your comments in here. Uh, talking college football. Thanks to our friends at Big O Tire and American Fork. And again, when you think of Big O Tires and American Fork, you can think about a lot more than tires. Now, because I got my Michelin, Michelin Cross Climate Twos from my guy, Ryan, at Big O Tires, that doesn't mean that all he does is tires. And that's a hell of a tire. The Cross Climate Two from Michelin. Amazing. I have a Grand Cherokee, a Jeep Grand Cherokee Summit. And I had the worst drive of my entire life this past weekend. We, we, yeah. two O's and almost died. Goose. Yeah. Um, coming back from Mesquite, Nevada, where we played golf on Friday night, because some of us were not allowed to be outside of our apartments and condos for the weekend. We were you locked down with the hose. Um, <laughs> anyway, the point is, so we had to, you know, like hustle foot back from Mesquite, Nevada to Salt Lake City in the worst snowstorm I've ever driven in. Like whiteout conditions, could not see two feet in front of my face. It was horrendous. And not one time did that cross climate to let me down. Not once. It is. And if you have not seen what a Michelin cross climate to is, you got to get your hands on it. Yeah. Because it's good in snow. It's good in rain. It's good in heat. It's good in cold. It is truly built for every climate. The Michelin Cross Climate 2, I love it. Um, and the other thing I love is Ryan at Big O Tires and American Fork tinted my, my windows. Uh, he's the guy that does my oil changes. Like if you if you need car care, Big O Tires and American Fork is your home. Uh, I'm telling you, man, I just, their level of service is on another level. They and also do lifts, which is amazing. They do everything. Yeah. If you need work done on your car, big O tires and American fork, a lift kit, suspension, yeah. uh, wheels, tires, brakes, any, any brakes, absolutely brakes, alignments, anything to do with your motor, anything to do with your car. You can hook it up at big O tires and American fork. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty show. Uh, Matt Ritson. How about Nebraska borderline in football? 
No, no they're 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 absolutely in. There's Bro. no question about it. Dude, it is listen. I understand nothing happened before 2010 like, in your life. It doesn't but, matter. It doesn't matter if you won in the 80s, dude. Yes, it does. And they How? won in the 90s as well, I would remind you. Nebraska is a multi-time national champion who has, yes, have they had a, a difficult stretch of decade? Sure they have. Nebraska's in. They're, that's not a conversation. Nebraska is in. And I look at the Big Ten and I look at their move to the Big Ten, 100% it was a mistake. There's no question about that. But I'm telling you, Nebraska's in. It's not even a conversation, in, in my opinion. Sean Rollins, as always, gifting 10 Monty Show memberships. Nice job, dude. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you. Harry Austin, a member of the show for eight months. Thank you, Harry, my great San Antonian. Uh, what is the bigger mistake adding Cal or SMU? I would argue Cal is the bigger mistake. See, I actually read the whole comment Good there. Good job. Uh, you read the whole comment. Nice. You, you're welcome. Um, like, I can give you value propositions on Cal. Education, research, money, funds outside of athletics, prestige, partnerships, no doubt about it. Athletics beyond football, basketball, baseball, track and field. They have, a, obviously, they give you a, a footprint out west with Stanford. Right. They're in business with Stanford. Like I can give you a thousand reasons why Cal was a good ad for the ACC. I think it was backward. It was a terrible decision for Cal. I think it was a good decision for the ACC. They needed membership. They needed P5s, and they got two of them. Yeah. I don't know what the value statement for SMU was. Like, if you are the ACC, you added SMU because... Um, um, um. That's the difference, yeah. Harry, in my opinion. Um. I think Cal brings you a thousand and one reasons. They deliver the Bay Area to you along with Stanford. It's not a question. You, I mean, you look at the ability of Stanford football getting one of the top quarterback recruits to sign a letter yesterday, it's over. Like they're still drawing top football talent at Stanford. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. But again, that education piece, I'm telling you, football players, that's a, you love that or you hate that. So if you're a top quarterback recruit, and you love it, you're going to go to Stanford. Why did the Big Ten flirt with Utah? Yeah. Well, because they want that education piece. Yeah. They want that that non-athletic bread. That's that's why. Uh, big blue horses for $2. Who is in? Who is out? Let the litigation begin. You're not wrong. Mm -hmm. You're not wrong. And, and I know, Jake, again, nothing happened you know, before 2019 in your life. Mm -hmm. But if we look at, you notice how it's getting closer and closer. Hell no. Um, in the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, certainly. Uh, and we're talking about football only. In the West, Wisconsin, Nebraska, certainly. I don't know. Is Iowa one of those schools that's in? But here's the problem mm -hmm. for Nebraska. Uh-huh. Washington, Oregon, SC, and UCLA are all in. Sure. So I don't know how, I don't know, maybe there won't be regulation around how many teams you can add. Maybe the Big Ten will just put 10 teams in. I don't yeah, know. Well, I, I doubt that. I mean, you're not putting Illinois, Purdue, No, but I'm being Minnesota. serious. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, Washington, 
UCLA, USC. I mean, hell, that's seven right there. And so I don't have do, Nebraska. I have no doubt Nebraska and Wisconsin are in. So that's nine. I have no doubt about it. So you see what I mean? So is there going to be is there going to be a cap on how many teams you can add? No, because I think if you go to the SEC, it's just about the whole MFing conference, right? If you look at Texas and Oklahoma, the new. Yep, they're right? definitely in. That's two. But then you look at the the Blue Bloods, Georgia, Tennessee is definitely in. Florida is definitely in. Bama, Old Miss, LSU. Texas A&M, Auburn's definitely in. Are, are you really going to leave out Mississippi State and, and Arkansas? I have a trouble with that. They're definitely okay, in. What is what? What are we? What's the defining factor? Big football money making institutions. Okay, that's the factor. And if you look at the 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 ones that like, you're not leaving South Carolina football out. You're not. You're probably. You're. Are you going to take Missouri football? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you probably are this year. They had a good right? year this year. But again, lean closer so I can punch you in the face. This year isn't the guiding factor. It has to be in the conversation, though. No, what it you've doesn't. done recently has to matter. You have to look in total. You have to look in total. And it pisses you off because you're a millennial. I get it. Nebraska football is in. Whether you want it to be or not, Tommy Frazier and Blood Clots is getting into the mm. upper tier. Trev Alberts and the uh, the Lawrence Phillips and the great history, Tom Osborne, the tradition, you're in. There's there's no question that Wisconsin and Barry Alvarez in, you're in. It, I, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think. I don't think there's any question that those teams are in, right? I, I, I look at, I, is Vanderbilt in? No, they're not. They're not. South Carolina's on the line. But I mean that that again. But they're a strong enough brand, money making. Like, yes, yeah, they. You know. Yes, I think you have to be, and there's going to be, as it's explained to me, there's going to be an A plus B equals C type formula that gets you in. Mm. I think there's no doubt endowment, financial stability, which is why I say Arizona. I don't know what I I say to Arizona athletic fans because Arizona football is not getting in. You, you're not getting in. Uh, but I look at, this is the Colorado discussion. Colorado's got TV numbers. Colorado's got endowment. Colorado's got NIL. Colorado's got portal. Colorado's got everything you want. Yeah. Right? Nebraska has a fan base, has an endowment, has everything you want. You're not, but you're, I I think it's it's going to be very interesting. I do not know about, like a team like Iowa that is so riddled in controversy, it seems, and just does not move the needle. They don't compete on the football. Like, that's the other thing. Are you at least competitive? Or are you a rubber stamp? Right now, in, it, to the big boys of the Big Ten, Iowa's a, a rubber stamp. Iowa beats every team that's not good and winds up winning a division and getting in. Like, I, I just don't, yeah. Mm. there's going to be an A plus B equals C type formula. Yeah, there needs to be. And I don't know what that is. Collective value. Okay, SMU's in. Right? But what? how big is your university? How big is your stadium? How big is your TV footprint? How big is your reach? What is your alumni? Like, how much money can you bring to the table? Yeah. Because you're going to have to pay these athletes an exorbitant amount of money. 
because you're going to be competing with the Ohio States of the world, the USC's, the Oregon's of the world, the Bama's, the Georgia's. The true blue blood, no doubt about it, programs are always going to win that conversation because they've got more money and they've got more TV exposure. Yeah. Which is what kids care about. Yeah. You know, I, I think to me, there are a lot of borderline teams. But that's why you need the formula. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Daniel Dixon, Iowa have won in Nebraska most years just versus Nebraska most years. Sure. Yeah, but again, the the... Uh... I hate I hate the Nebraska argument, but he's not wrong. They make money. They're a big brand. History and tradition. Like, okay, cool. Throw Nebraska in. That way they can be the team that everyone beats up on. And yeah, Robert Fowler, like I'm absolutely taking Nebraska over Iowa. I am. Rory Marble played basketball, not football. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I just don't believe but again, what is but and Iowa this doesn't is what, have anything over Nebraska? This is dude. what every Iowa fan winds up losing their shit about. Yeah. Tell me what Iowa brings to the table. This is the SMU conversation. What's the value statement for Iowa? I'm waiting. No, go ahead. It's your turn. Right? What's the value statement? Oh, Kirk Ferentz has done. He is in, in what, but you know, uh, there's no, look, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that I was a terrible athletic program. They're not, but are they, are they truly one of the greats that's that you got to have them? If there's an upper tier, Iowa's got to be in, mm -hmm. no, they're not, they're not. And if you if you look at if you look at Iowa, again, what was that Big Ten championship game? What was that? Did you did you bring it off? Did they run an offensive play in that game? Did their defense show up? Um, oh, but we're top fifteen every year. Okay, cool. Move move the needle for me. Like, do you understand that since the College football playoff rankings. You've been ranked five years out of since for the last 10, half the time only. And it's your best bet was number five, and you have slowly slipped from there. It's not like it is not like you have to, oh man, we've got to have Iowa football. And I think the thing you can't get away from is, you know, you, you're not, you're not a huge brand. Like, I don't know that you have a brand, and I'm not trying to be a jerk. And you got to get outside of Iowa City. Got to get outside of Iowa City. Are you a brand? Are you, are, are, you know, man, I've got a, it's not 1956 anymore, man. It's not the Rose Bowl anymore. And you, you can get upset about it, but. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable to me. Yeah. And that's why I say, that's why I think you need the A plus B equals C formula. Yeah. And now you're trying to bring down Wisconsin. I, I like this conversation. Who cares if you've been to three big 10 title games? You want to count this last one or should we just delete that from everybody's memory? Cause nobody's going to talk. I'll remind you, you didn't run an offensive snap in that game. I think it's the first time in the history of college football 
or organized American football that one team didn't have offense <coughs> on the side. Like you had no offensive players. You had a long snapper and he was actually a defensive tackle. And then you had the punter and Michigan agreed not to pass rush the punter. <laughs> Isn't that what happened? I mean, I, I think. I think you had zero offensive yards if I'm. Some should happen. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I, I should go back and look they, to see if they. Hey, but hey, good job reading his whole comment. Good well, job. But yet you said it's based off tradition and no, and not one or two years. It's, it is based off tradition, which Iowa has very little of. I, I, I honest to God, tell me how I'm anybody that's not an Iowa fan, which Robert Fowler is a diehard Iowa fan. I'm going to guess. Like, do you know that you're all, you're a 500 team all time. History and tradition. You're a. You haven't had a. You haven't had a national championship in, since the '60s. Um, you're not a, like, and I'm. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. You said the '60s, bro. But does anybody? When's the last time Iowa won a, a division championship in the Big Ten? Oh wait, that's right. They won it this year, and they were ten and four. And their division was Northwestern, eight and five. Wisconsin under a new head coach, seven and six. Nebraska, five and seven. Purdue, four and eight. Illinois, five and seven. Minnesota, six, uh, six and seven. And I am not impressed. You scored 109 points on the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> Or excuse me, 131 points on the entire season. My Still, bad. Michigan scored 355, more than double. You're anyway. My point is, no, I don't think I was in. <laughs> I don't. I I really don't. I'm not looking up the Hayden Fry years. I don't care enough to look up. I, <laughs> I do. You understand? I grew up there. <laughs> I. <clears throat> are you kidding me, Bonnie? Bonnie. Look it up. Stop. Stop. Uh, Giggity, we need to more Kadarius Tony drops when we get ridiculous comments. I think we do. Mm -hmm. I think we do. Because mm -hmm. Robert Fowler, yeah. Y'all uh, reading all this cap ass shit. Yeah, I should stop. Uh, <laughs> Vandy has $10 billion endowment, and they could could not possibly or physically care less about athletics. You know? It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not possible. It isn't, in my opinion. So it, that's just me. Uh, Giggity, Nebraska volleyball carries them in. I believe it does. That's what they do. <laughs> Iowa doesn't have the star power, but a well-rounded Iowa team usually can hang with most squads around the country. I don't disagree with that. Is it possible that they could ride the D? Uh, OG Gary, brisket is in. So we're, we're br brisket is in. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, Braska. My, I thought oh, you said. Oh, Braska. Whoa, hey. Gary, you're a Nebraska fan now, dude? Add it to the list. Wow. Not a USC fan. Because <laughs> Gary made his proclamation yesterday during one of his cap-ass comments <laughs> that USC has no brand and they're terrible. cap-ass And Lincoln Riley has male pattern baldness. Listen, Gary was standing on business yesterday, okay? He was fully committed. Oh, my God. Help me help me somebody <laughs> anybody uh 
Trucker Chris. What's up, Trucker Chris? College football is broken, but more importantly, if the NFL doesn't, the minor leagues will end up making more than a lot of players in the NFL. I, but it, what is the NFL going to do to step in with college football? Yeah, it's not their place. I don't think I, it's just, it doesn't work the same way. It's already a feeder system. Yeah. I, I mean, they, I think college football wading into that would be a mistake. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, but that's just me. I, I, yeah. Uh, let's see. You're reaching trucker. Why? No, he's, I don't think he's reaching. That's a good point. Dakota Tubbs, Nebraska really at this point, put them in league two and let them earn it. They've always been so bad. They've been so bad for so long, but look again, millennials. And I'm, I think Dakota Tubbs is post millennial, which is different than post Malone. Mm. Um, there's no question Nebraska's in in me. Uh, no school is as great as Stanford out West educationally. Now, for those of you who also missed the cap-ass portion now, of the program on, yesterday, the whole I'm not allowed to read Jimmy Austin's entire comment <laughs> because, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Immaculate told me not to. Oh, oh he don't know nothing. Next comment. No school is as great as Stanford <laughs> out West educationally, but Cal is an incredible in, uh, school. It is a really good school. Uh, Boyd Lake, Iowa. Nope. Uh, Grand, uh, Grand Dan, realignment or uh, relegation? Relegation. I am a big fan of promotion and relegation. I think if you... If you could find a way, and I think it is very, very unlikely. Yeah. If you could find a way to have relegation and promotion into a top tier, it, that would be... Yeah, it's ideal. That would be ideal. Yeah. That would absolutely be ideal. But again, financially, you're going to have to compete, which is always the... Equalizer. Yeah. Uh, Scott of Greywater Watch. A lot of regions will lose a lot of money because of this uh, economically economical disaster, possibly. I think football is still going to be played in every market that we're talking about. Are the games going to matter as much? Potentially, maybe not. I mean, you're always going to have upsets. And again, I think this is why the Big Ten's not going to dissolve. And, well, you know, Nebraska sucks so bad that, you know, they're going to wind up playing SMU for Jackass. 13 weeks a year. Yeah. You know, or Iowa. <laughs> See, I was, I was trying to. Oh. Robert Fowler, you're not keeping Iowa out. Well, I'm going to try everything I can to keep Roy Marble. Stop from crying Iowa. like a little girl. You know, how many more Roy Marble references can I make? You're not keeping Iowa out, Monty. Uh, it's not up to me. Here I am. The people who make the decision will keep them out. UW fan, Jim, I'm not sure how uh, do you define upper tier. Is it the 20 best teams or is it cutting off the bottom feeders? No, I, I don't think it has anything to do with the best teams. I think it has to do with um, uh, whatever formula they want to point to and all of it's going to be about money. How much money do you have? How much money are you going to make? And again, I I just asked, does, does you know, like I look at the Grammys. Look at your Grammy TV ratings. What was the number one market for the Grammys? Um, Anybody want to guess? Massive TV numbers, like historical TV numbers for the Grammy Awards this week. LA. Uh, how about Kansas City? Oh. 
wonder why that is. Oh, wait, that's right, Taylor Swift. The shit's going good. Right? Like, it, how many, who, is there a bigger NFL TV market right now than Kansas City? The answer is no, there's not. Well, Monty, you're completely wrong. Iowa City's the biggest TV market. Doesn't get any more red, white, and blue than that. She's Taylor Swift's not dating Roy Marble. Bad news. She's <laughs> dating Travis Kelsey. And it's engaged every Chiefs fan and every Kansasin. Uh, Kansasin? I don't know what you call people from Kansas. <laughs> every Jayhawk. Well, not last night. Every. Anyway, my point is everybody in Kansas, in Kansas City, the Kansas City Metro on both sides, apparently turned into the Grammys. And they always watch the Chiefs. That's what I'm talking about. Stay hard. Do you really think that you're you're not going to turn dudes out for for Nebraska? And here's the other thing: if we're talking about recent history only, which all you dirty millennials seem to want to do, Iowa <laughs> Iowa's never getting it. That's my boy. Iowa's That's never getting boy. it. So do you want to do you want to stand on business and say, well, Roy Marble was a good, <laughs> or are we going to say, well? <laughs> We understand all business and well, they didn't, you know, 109 points against, but they scored high. Well, no, we don't score points because we don't run offensive plays at Iowa. Go play intramurals, brother. So either way you look at it, it's going to be a bad day for, for Robert Fowler. It's fine. You're so fucked. Chad Carter. No Chad. way. No way UCLA gets in. They're drowning in debt, and fans are pissed with their product. Let them earn their way in. I'd take Iowa or Minnesota. Iowa or Minnesota guy? Come on, dude. Hey, man. How is that even possible? Give me that abusive guys, prick guys, guys. at Minnesota. Hey, guys. Really? Well, listen, Monty. <laughs> if you're going to put if you're gonna put Alabama in, how can you put Alabama in and leave Iowa out? I don't give a piss about nothing but the tide, baby. <laughs> That's what every Iowa fan does. Molly. How can you put Georgia in and leave leave Iowa out? Go Hawks. Right? Like, you know. Dude, UCLA would be in. UCLA would be in, in my opinion. But, hey, we'll see. Robert Fowler. Iowa has been to three Big Ten title games and a rich history. Wow. As I read your comment, right? And Scott of Greywater Watch, Iowa State. Yes, Iowa State's absolutely in. Oh, man. Robert Fowler just had a stroke. Uh, <laughs> Aims over Iowa City every day. I don't know. Iowa State's close. Iowa State's close. I mean, recent recent history. Clones are in, bro. Didn't, it, didn't we decide yesterday on the show it's not cyclones anymore? It's just clones. You know. It's not Hawkeyes. It's just Hawks. Okay. Des Moines. Des Moines. Uh, it's not I, Nebraska. It's just Braska. Yeah. In my opinion. Dakota Tubbs. Iowa played so much offense, the officials took the points away, right? They were so offensive that you just couldn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know, Robert Fowler. Bet, but you say it's based off tradition in not one or two years. I do say it's... a. RJC man, Caltech, sorry, say is comparable to MIT. Well, you know, we are we really Caltech? Caltech. Is it it's we're Calteching it. Bailey Dietrich. Monty, my guess is how relevant the football team has been. I don't think will matter. If if you are Alabama, you're in because your football team's relevant. If yeah. you're Iowa, 
you know, we're going to have to check your references. Uh, <laughs> gonna have to do Is that a, a real question? Going to have to do a criminal background check, maybe look at your credit score. That's then, out of the window. Then maybe. I mean, can you advance cash off your, your Hawkeye credit union card account to get <clears throat> Robert Fowler may never watch this show again. Uh, what is Utah and BYU's value statement? Oh, that's easy. Well, BYU, you flip on the TV and a million people are watching with you. Uh, B, BYU's got a national championship in recent times. 1984. I swear to God, I will throw <laughs> dude, this at you. Say bro, it. Say it. That's not recent times, my dude. You're an asshole. Bro, what, what um, is, what, can, I just need to know. Okay, so 1984. What is that? 40 years ago now? Dude, you can't even do the math on on eighty four to twenty twenty years ago is not recent. Four decades, thirty nine. Dude, going to be forty. You shut your mouth, bro. Uh, anyway, I think BYU has a massive fan base. I think they have a ton of money. That's why they get. I it. think they yeah. bring people to the yard. Yeah. Uh, I think Utah is is I think one of the premier football programs in the country. Uh, I think you have an incredible, an incredible revenue generating machine at Utah. Um, I, I think they are national championship competitive. Uh, I Does that mean they've won one? No. Does that mean that they can't win one? No. I don't think there's any doubt Utah and BYU are in. I, I have no doubt about it that they're in. And I, I think the, the national relevance of BYU – is reason enough to put them in. Yeah. It it's my argument with Iowa and I'm being dead serious. They're not nationally relevant. They are not. It, you you cannot how many college football fans can name the starting quarterback at, at Iowa right now? Um 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 and if you say Roy Marble I'll agree with you. You know. Hey, if Hayden Fry, Hayden Fry. Monty. Monty, look at the Fry years. <coughs> 1962 was a hell of an offensive output for Iowa. <coughs> Go Hawks. Uh, okay, on to Dubuque. UW Jim. Um, just wondering how big will this upper tier be? I don't think that they would be a, the top 50 comes to mind. I would think, right? I don't know. I I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, grad slacker. What is Wyoming's value statement? Um, that they beat Texas Tech. Wow. <laughs> you're not very nice. You're not very nice. You're not very nice. Oh, look. OG Gary says Cade McNamara. Oh. Does anybody know who Cade McNamara is? <laughs> yeah, he's the special teams coach at um, Central Michigan. He hands out the sideline passes. Well, Gary's an Iowa fan, so it's not he would surprising. Know. He, he would know. He would yeah, know. He would know. He would know. Yeah. You know. Dakota Tubbs, Gary, people from Tennessee can't read books. I thought we established this last week. <laughs> wow. That's that's not, bad. that's not nice. That's not nice. No one remembers a 1885 natty for BYU. It wasn't. 1880. When was that nanny for Utah, Gary? Your first of like real fandom, but now you're like they're like 13. Oh. Um when was when was Utah's hmm. have to What's up, big bro? I'll get back to him. No, you're rolling, shut your mouth. <laughs> Robert Fowler. 
No, I'll watch Monty and respect your opinion. I just want the same in return. Who doesn't respect your opinion? You guys have to understand that there is an entertainment component to the show. You understand? Yeah, that? that's stupid. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not personal. There's no disrespect, you guys. It, I mean, unless you're Dakota Tubbs and the people in Tennessee, but outside of that, everybody is your beloved. Respect. Yeah, everybody's just the people in Tennessee can't read. Okay. Um, Cam Harrison, wait, Utah has a natty. Oh, wait, they don't. Okay, now it's personal. And things got personal. Well, right. That was a, a we used to have that as a as a drop. But it's fine. It's fine here yeah. on uh, on the Monty show. Hey Monty. Uh presented by our good friends at the Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Did you know that you can chat with an attorney live online and it won't cost you a dime? Getting knocked around in an accident is awful. That's why you need someone to look out for you. Call the Advocates for your free consultation and we'll keep you from getting knocked around. They'd have knocked around as bowling. It's bowling and knocked around, and you know, it all kind of works together and makes but sense. I think the thing that makes the most sense when you're in an accident, it like you you have all of this stuff that happens to you. Like you're you're not thinking about how to pay your mortgage. You're not thinking about, hey, what's gonna happen to my car? What about everything that's in my car? How am I gonna pay my rent, my mortgage, put food on the table? Like all of those things that you worry about. And that doesn't even account for, hey, how am I going to heal from, heaven forbid, my broken arm, my concussion? Let the advocates handle that. They handle all of that for you so that you can get back to the best version of yourself and you never reach into your pocket to pay the advocates. Because you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Tanner Plummer. Tanner. Utah won a show, which is their, in their minds is bigger than winning a natty. <coughs> OG Gary, don't make me become a Notre Dame fan, Monty. <laughs> but you're already. Notre Dame, our mother. You, like, you're already a, a USC fan. Fight off. Anyway, Katie Rader, good morning. Pew, pew. Hi. Katie Rader thinks that, I think it was Katie Rader was saying that you look like you're dead. Yeah, what the hell is that, Katie? What do you mean I look dead? Well, he and like five other people say that you look, you're sickly. I'm sickly? <laughs> what, what, what is that even, what do you mean, dude? Ron said, what's wrong with Jake? <laughs> <laughs> he looks sickly. Dude, how do I look sickly? <gasps> like, who are you, Toby Keith? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Did you guys hear about Toby Keith? Too soon, my boy. Yeah. The uh, country superstar Toby Keith passed from stomach cancer, and I, 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 it just terrifies me. Being sick or or life altering sickness is so scary to me. Yeah. Like terrifying. Um, Tanner Plummer says knocked around. See what she did there. Let's see what she did there. Uh, my car needs the advocates. You get advocates.com. You know, uh, conundrum says Jake looks pasty. Pasty. Jake looks pasty. Dude, you, you guys are tripping today, man. You guys are. Mike Smith says pasty two holes. Dude, that's, that's ridiculous. Tanner Plummer is Jake Mormon and going to die soon too. It is what it is. Yeah, for those of you who don't know that reference, a, a fan said that I was old, fat, and Mormon, and that meant I was going to die soon. 
Because Mormons Fact. apparently don't live long lives. Mm. What layer of heaven do you not know about, sir? Yeah. Ah, hello. Uh, John Ham. Jake's future wife isn't letting him eat. Bro, I eat plenty. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Fat. 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 Really? You do. Do tell about eating. Yeah, I eat a lot of food. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought we were going adult. Good, good, good. J2H, you look a little pasty because of the lights. <laughs> is, is it the lights? It's the lights that make you look pasty? How's that? Is that better? Is that it? You no, know, you still look pasty as hell, boy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, is what it is. Hey, next question. Well, Jake, please look, respect my privacy. Next not, question. Not, not so many turduckins for dinner, Jake. Wow. What'd you have for dinner last night? Uh, what did I have for dinner last night? I had oats. Uh, oh, I had rice and turkey meatballs and some veggies. Wow, turkey meatballs sounds really good. Yeah, from Costco. Uh, Boyd Lake, it's Utah in the middle of February. Everyone's yeah, gonna what look do you sick. want me to do, bro? Like, but it's I don't, literally... do I look sick? Like, I'm just fat. Wow, fat dude. I had oats last night, Mrs. M oh, so before we get to the NBA and this, <laughs> then the stupid lies being told about Miles Bridges, um. <laughs> So my wife says to me the other day, hey, you know, you should <laughs> hey, be. Monty. Hey, Monty. <laughs> that thing's huge. Um, my wife and I were talking about sweetening my oatmeal. Because uh -huh. I, I, right I, on the regular, eat uh, steel cut oats. Uh -huh. A cup of steel cut oats with blueberries, shavings of uh, raw coconut. And so we were talking about maple syrup. And real Canadian maple syrup. She's like, honey, 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 honey. you should use maple syrup to say it's low honey, glycemic. Honey. So, because we're really trying to like control sugar and right, all that stuff. Right, right. So that I don't become a fat diabetic as well. Right. Uh, but anyway, here, no, there. And so the other night I, I sat in bed all night long. You know that those <laughs> nights of sleep where you're like laying in the tent that you're pitching and... <laughs> you you're you're thinking about something else like you're just laying there asleep but you're like does maybe where does maple syrup come from and i'm debating with something or somebody where's it's so do you think they call the maple leaves maple leaves because the leaf is from a maple tree which is where syrup comes from and you're like no it doesn't yes it does well all night long Cock i dreamt i dreamt about i had a vivid dream where i I hammered this pipe, right? You hammered this pipe. And this goes back to stupid TikTok ruining Scott. my life. I saw there's, I don't know why, but lumberjacking is a thing on TikTok. Okay. And there's what is lumberjacking. You don't know what a lumberjack is? Yeah, I know what a lumberjack is, but what is lumberjacking? The act of jacking your lumber. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to clarify, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Clarify. So, I, I, the weird thing is, I watched this dude split these huge trees in <laughs> half with an axe. <laughs> right, and obviously he's incredibly good looking. He's ripped on the rack. <laughs> like, like okay, guy. And he's, he's, the, I know what you're he, talking about. He's wearing the overalls with no shirt yeah. on, and he's got unbelievable packs, and, yeah. and he's got yeah. diamond cutters twenty four seven. Right. Like, screw you. That's right, T. Anyway, but... Who are you, Magic Mike? So, yeah, seriously. Broke back 
lumberjacking. Uncle anyway, Will. my point is, my point is, yeah. stop derailing the show. Sorry, my bad. My point is, I had a dream about being this lumberjack and pounding a pipe into a, a tree Macaque. with a hammer <laughs> to get the syrup out of the tree to put it in my oats. What is that called? The a tree tap? Isn't that what they're called? I have no idea. I have no idea. But it was one of those nights of sleep where I felt like I slept pretty good. I woke up feeling fine. But you just have like a whole night of nonsense in yeah, your it's brain. Called, it's called a maple syrup tree tap. The little tool that you okay. pound into the tree. Okay. You yeah. know. Tree tap. You know. Uh, Mike Smith, prize picks is making Monty dream about getting piped. Or no, Monty dream about piping. Yeah. Dude, I'm on a run on prize picks. Bro. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not sure how I feel about what I did on prize picks for tonight, dude. Um, I, it could be a little never sketch, win. dude. You never win. That's not true. I won my last prize picks. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. You're terrible. I, that's um, true. But... I went, I went, let's switch a little bit of gears and talk a little NBA basketball because on my prize picks today, I went very heavy jazz OKC. Uh-huh. Now, as you might imagine. The Jazz have not yet not traded for Miles Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, and this this could be complete conjecture. I feel like Utah Jazz fans view trade rumors like they, a dog views an ambulance. Right. And just sprinting after it. And then when you catch the trade rumor, Jazz are trying to trade Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton for Miles Bridges. Oh, my God, Monty! <laughs> Be better. And just play prize picks. Play prize picks like I did tonight. Prizepicks.com. Um, I've got John Collins. I really like that one. That one I think is pretty reliable. Yeah. John uh, Collins. Well, then I wish I hadn't played it. Yeah. John Collins, 21 and a half points and rebounds tonight versus OKC. More. Shy Galagius Alec Arander. Who the uh, fuck is that guy? Against the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. Uh, 37 and a half points and rebounds. Uh-huh. And then Ant. Antney. Antney. 30 and a half points and rebounds against Myar and we, the hapless Chicago Bulls. Which I had a friend of mine yesterday call them the Chicago Bulls shit because they're that bad. Hey, by the way, yeah. they're leading the league in attendance. Just saying. So I don't want to hear it, which is why they don't spend money. Those are my prize picks. And then there's Jake who plays a $20 flex play for $45. Yeah. Grayson Allen, six and a half points in the first half. Less. In the first half. Yeah, less. I truly hope that Grayson Allen. Pipe like the cack. Oh my god. Uh Hemi for 22 and a half points and assists tonight versus Orlando. And then Shy Gal Galapagos Alexander. What the fuck are you? 45 and a half points, rebounds, and assists against the Jizz. Yeah. Average 44. Yeah. I feel okay. good about all three of those, actually. Okay. Okay. Uh Tanner Plummer, Jazz beating Josh Mitty and OKC tonight. Nah. RJC, man, all that oatmeal, you must be regular. Uh, me, on the other hand, it's Jackson Pollock crime scene every day, dude. <laughs> Speaking of lumberjacks, dude, the pre-show meeting today was unbelievable. Unreal. Could have built a log cabin high-rise complex. 
this morning. <laughs> Tanner Plummer, Monty, hot for lumberjacks, dude. I'll admit, I have no problem admitting when other dudes are sexy, which is why <laughs> next to Jake because he ain't. He ain't. He's pasty and fat, and dude, he's old that, like a morning. Why do you mean that, man? I'm not. I'm only going off of the comment section, which, as we established, respect on the show yesterday is some cap ass whack ass. It and, is. And it I'm is. just saying that I you know I was Mountain Mama amongst them was you know telling me how dumb and ugly I was. Y'all reading all this cap ass shit. I just have to go on what they say. Right. Which is which is fine. Which apparently I'm fat and pasty now. You well duh. Uh Brandon Butler, jazz fans need to apply a little common sense when looking at a trade tune. Ah, 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 Miles Bridges. Ah. Every single time. Okay, so the trade rumor was and this is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Like this is. And no, we're not promoting the account that tweeted this. No, we're not. The Utah Jazz. Guys, 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 guys. guys. Follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the Utah Jazz are going to trade Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton to the Charlotte Hornets. For Miles Bridges and of course, <laughs> and of course, Gordon Stayward. Of course, Gordon Hayward's in that. Oh, he's of uh, man. Wow, that makes we, a lot of sense. Gordon is a jazz man forever, even though we boo him because his blog got leaked early to the Celtics. We hate Gordon Stayward. We don't want him here. Bring back Derek Favors instead. <laughs> So I said, yeah, Derek favors and jazz fans. Why don't you add, why don't you add Azabuki to the trade as well? He missed the easiest alley-oop the other night. Azabuki. Yeah. And, and where, where's jazz fan now? Well, we found our center of the future, man. He's amazing. Look at his cankles, his cankles. Like, do you understand that? No, no, I'm not doing Ah, dope. My God. <laughs> The Dokanation of the NBA is coming through Salt Dude, Lake City. Bro, it's Dokanating, all right? And then De De <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see DeAndre Ayton the other night? Dominating, bro. Puts his hand up, clearly doesn't look, and gives up a layup on a on a fake three. Who was that? Jokic. Yeah, that's right. It was Jokic. Yeah. Jokic ball fakes him on a three. Ayton puts his hand up and never looks at Jokic. And he just rolls to the basket. At, like unbelievable. So anyway, anyway, the Jazz would never do that trade, dude. The Jazz are not are not going to acquire like, Miles Bridges, <laughs> and the biggest issue here is, is that obviously Miles Bridges has a heinous, heinous and violent domestic violence incident on his yeah on his record, and it's made him very difficult to trade. I think his best trade avenue is the Phoenix Suns, who very much need his style of game, and. I don't, I don't, I was talking to an NBA guy yesterday about this deal. And he's like, he's like, Monty, I don't have to call Monty. anybody. Monty. Monty. I don't have to call anybody to know that the jazz are not trading Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton for miles bridges. All due respect. What sense does that make? It doesn't. That's, that's my point about this dude. And I love our members only group. I love you guys. Great, you know, great group of dudes. But you can't just be like, oh, man, this one Twitter account tweeted this. Hey, Monty, did you see this tweet? Like, I got, you know what I'm no. getting DM? Because nobody DMs me. 
You know when I'm seeing this thing in my DM like four times from four different people that Jazz Nation is just all over it. They just like, bring him in. We want Gordo and Miles. And I'm just like, dude, bro, it doesn't make sense. You wouldn't make that trade. That's not a logical trade that you would make. Sexton and Clarkson should not be in the same trade. They're both unique and individual trade assets. You should be doing two separate deals with those guys, not one. So to me, I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm saying, bro, you should be a third team in a in a Suns Hornets deal, or you should be a third team in a Dejounte Murray Cavs deal. Dejounte Murray, you should be so, the third team. Everybody, everybody is. I think everybody is pretty well aware that Dejounte Murray is available for an ex just exorbitant amount of trade value. Yeah, and the Lakers, I think. And I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't think there's any doubt the Lakers are going to take one last run at Dejounte Murray. I, I mean, I, I have no doubt about that. But what do you make of this balance between D'Lo's really hot run here and going and getting Dejounte? I think D'Angelo Russell is that's who he is. He is D'Angelo Russell. I think understands that. Hey, listen, I, I am on the verge of of being moved. I better step my game up. And I think that's what you've seen from him in the last couple of weeks. And as a casual observer of the Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, mm -hmm. uh, I can only tell you that D'Lo has been pretty damn good. And he kept them, he has kept them intrigued enough that the question is being asked, hey, are, are these Lakers good enough? And the answer is no, absolutely not. They are not good enough. And with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I, I think Austin Reeves taking a step back this year, because Anthony Davis has taken a step forward. I think one of the amazing transformations in this league is the fact that Austin Reeves, um, and, and do tell, rumors would tell you, that Austin Reeves and LeBron James have spent a significant amount of one-on-one -on -one time working on Austin Reeves' defense. And I think you're starting to see the fruits of that labor the last 10 years. I also think that Austin Reeves has also learn the hard way that when you're Jordan Clarkson and they put you in the starting lineup, you turn into a turnover machine. Right. And Austin Reeves is that same guy now who's being asked to, hey, D'Lo wasn't good enough. Let's make Austin Reeves a point guard. And what did he do? He fell backward defensively, certainly. Three-point shooting, certainly. And he turned the ball over a lot. Yeah. So why was that? Was that a product of Austin Reeves? Well, I think you asked him to do too much. And I think D'Angelo Russell wasn't giving you enough. Well, now D'Lo stepped up and what's happened? All of a sudden, Austin Reeves has given you more. Yeah. But I think the biggest issue with DeJounte Murray is that's going to cost you Austin Reeves. And I, I think that no matter what, if you trade for DeJounte Murray, that's not going to keep LeBron James in L.A. And I think the toughest part is the second unit for the Lakers just isn't good enough. I, you know, I look at all these different starting lineup combinations and, you know, and really not even the starting lineup, the lineups they run when, you know, so if Bron and AD are both playing. The lineup the Lakers run when one of those two is sitting is the one that kills them. So if it's AD and everybody else or LeBron and everybody else, that's the one that kills them. And I and, think Torian Prince has been very good. He has in, been. In a, in a bench role. Christian Wood has been a complete waste because I don't think they know how to use him. I don't Honest think Christian God. Wood knows how to use Christian Wood. I don't think that Christian Wood under, like Christian Wood 
they ESPN, I think it was like a week ago, a couple games ago on a national game. They did a whole thing where they mic'd him up and they do the sound of the game stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And Christian Wood is just out here talking to everybody. Christian Wood is just too nice of a guy. Yeah. And he's not enough of a killer to be a great fit on a championship team. Now, is he athletic? Does he have great ability? Yes, yes, yes. But he could be so much better if he was just a little meaner. And I think that's the trouble with Christian Wood is that the guy is just too nice. So you wind well, up getting a player that, that'll that give you 7 to 10 points on a great night in a couple of boards. But he'll also be the guy that doesn't crack the score sheet because he's just running up and down trying to play defense. And and that's what that's my problem with this roster. It's not an AD LeBron issue per se. It is a, hey, you're the 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 seventh, eighth guy on the bench that comes in and plays those 15 to 20 minutes is not good enough for this team to have success because yeah. LeBron cannot play 40 minutes a night. Yeah, but I also think that the the Lakers are going to make a deal. I, I think if you look at you, in my opinion, have to find an upgrade for Rui Hachimura at the, at, at, in the starting lineup. And they've tried with Prince. I think, I think they have tried with, with Christian Wood. That didn't work from the jump. And I think you just don't have a, you don't have a better option right now. He's a bench player. He is not a starter. And I think the Jared Vanderbilt injury really hurts them. Yeah, it does. So I think they know they have to go out and make a deal. I think they're, they're, you're looking at a situation where I also think that game last night really showcased Miles Bridges' desire not to be in Charlotte anymore mm-hmm. because I think he actually played really well. 16 of 26 and 41 points when you go 5 of 10 from 3 is is actually very good. And I just don't know what you do if you're Charlotte because you're going to trade P.J. Washington. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You already traded Rozier. Um, I don't. I really don't know that anybody on that on that roster outside of Lamelo and Miller are untouchable. Yeah, and like a, a guy like P.J. Washington, uh, not a household name, not someone that every you know casual NBA fans know about. You know, really good defender, really good defender, really good three point shooter can make some plays off the dribble once in a while. Like, that's a guy where I look at that and I say, okay, yeah, I love what Torian Prince is doing for the Lakers. Love the three ball. Love the fact that LeBron and him have good chemistry. Seemingly is always open in the corner. But, like, a guy like P.J. Washington, to me, has value if you're the Lakers. Now, he's not going to give you another 25 a night, but you need to play defense. Because, again, I look at this Lakers team, that Knicks game, over the weekend, the defense they played, that's the type of commitment you have to have every night if you're going to win with this current roster. And I'm telling you, it's not sustainable long-term for LeBron James to have to play that type of defense. And there has been some thought that Clay Thompson ends up on the Lakers. Do you try to make that move if you're Golden State? Because I mean, he's been benched the last two games in the fourth quarter. Clay's not Clay needs a change of scenery. Yeah, he does. He There's needs no to, fresh. him and Andrew Wiggins. They need to dramatically overhaul that roster. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Lakers, uh, I, and and I know that they have called Golden State on Clay Thompson, I would be trying to make that move. Yeah, I, I think for Clay that would be a good move. I think for the Lakers it w- would certainly be a good move. I, I I think you know obviously post ACL and Achilles, Clay hasn't been the same defender, but that doesn't mean he's a bad defender. He's just not what he was before that. And nobody ever is, but I think Clay Thompson is in one of these phases in his career where he's uh, legitimately shooting 
air ball floaters and just bricking it from three. It's and mental. Like, yeah, it it's is all mental. mental. And so uh, that's my point. Like the guy hasn't forgotten how to shoot a basketball, dude. Like the guy just needs a fresh, uh, fresh scenery, re reinvigorate the guy. And if you can do that, yeah, I would go and do that. I, I, I would rather have Clay Thompson than Torian Prince. I'd rather have Clay Thompson than, you know, whoever you'd want to move. I mean, the question I guess would be Clay Thompson or Austin Reeves. And right now, Austin Reeves is probably playing better basketball, but Thompson's much more of a championship fit. Well, I think the question is, can you run three shooting forwards? Because I also think that's an issue. Like, I look at Dylan Brooks. Somebody's going to get Dylan Brooks. Mm -hmm. And if it, Houston's at this interesting little spot where I'm not sure that Houston today wants to make the playoffs. And I think they're probably better off not making the playoffs. Um, as far as draft capital goes, but yeah. they're in a place where they Houston's got some very tradable pieces. And I, I think it would be interesting to see, you know, does Dylan Dylan Brooks fits on just about every contender? Like, but are you are you going to move a I mean, you're not gonna move a Jabari Smith at this point, I don't think. No. Um, I look at Cam Whitmore and his ascension. Uh, and I think you have to find a way to get him more minutes, and that means moving Dylan Brooks. And I also think I, I'm very curious to see what happens with Jay Sean Tate because I, I I am, I don't know. I probably expect too much out of him. I just, where is that cat gone? Like he, he you're not getting the most out of him. So I don't know. I, I think Dylan Brooks is very interesting. The Houston Rockets are very interesting. I think the Lakers and the Warriors, the Warriors are, I mean, I don't, I can't believe they would put together a run to get them in the playoffs. Mm. And I know it's going to be tight, but they're two games out of a playoff spot right now. Like I think I, I look at the Warriors though. That's, that's a team that should be part of, you know, should easily be part of anything that the Rockets are involved in. You know, the, like the, like if the Warriors were to add, you know, a talented young guy from the Rockets that I think that really helps them. I think, I and this is why I say this nonsense where we started with the Jazz. The Jazz are a team that need to be involved in as a third team that facilitates bigger deals. That's what you need to do. And we've been talking yeah. about it for two years and they just won't get it done. So, like, again, will the Knicks go after Donovan Mitchell before the deadline? I don't think that, dude. The Cavs are the hottest team in the NBA. Yeah. And I think with Darius Garland back, I don't think Don's available in the season. Over the summer, sure, I could see that happening, but they, they're too good. He is playing really, really well, mm -hmm. Don is. And Garland being back has transformed that team. They're not a championship team, but they're win a playoff series kind of team. Yeah. Um, and I I I that's a team that's gotta that's gotta add a spark. That's a Jordan Clarkson spot. Yeah. I'm telling you, and, and one of the things that I think is so interesting about this, Jordan Clarkson's going to the Hornets. He's not. They have a handshake agreement with Jordan Clarkson that they will move him to a playoff team. And I don't know if, if I am the Jazz, I don't think they view themselves as a playoff team right now. I think if they make the playoffs, that's great. I don't think they're all in to make the playoffs. No. And why would you be? Well, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they keep and what they what they sell. And I think Colin Sexton is is something that Danny Ainge is Danny Ainge is very unemotional about these decisions. And I think if Danny can make a deal, he will make a deal to move Colin Sexton. I don't think it's your first choice, but this team 
does not defend. And they, the Utah Jazz are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. And I think I could make the argument they might be the worst defensive team in the Western Conference. And I, and again, I think, you know, culturally speaking with this locker room right now, there's a lot of times where I'm watching this team and they'll just go through like eight to 10 possessions where they look uninterested. And then they got to call timeout, get reinterested. Then they go on a run. It's it's the Bucks game. That's why you were behind in the Bucks game. The Bucks were not playing all that great. Giannis was just playing yeah. volleyball. And you just were uninterested on defense. So what happens? You call a timeout, you know, or not even a timeout. The quarter ends, you get going in the fourth quarter, and you find a way to win that game. That's my point about this team is that, yeah, can they beat teams like the Bucs? Sure. That doesn't mean you're beating a team in a seven-game series. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden this is the championship mix we've all been looking for. To which I say, you know, hold up your end of the bargain on the Jordan Clarkson situation. Find a new home for Colin Sexton and go out and get a premier young guy who's a wing score that you can develop, right? Because if you have, you know, whatever young score you wanna you wanna look at, like think of the any of the dudes in Houston. Think of the Brandon Miller style player, the long, lanky guy that can score off the wing. That's what you need on this team yeah. right now. You need that additional guy. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Robert Fowler does. The Vanderbilt injury changed things on how the Lakers want to view trades. Um, I don't know. He is – the problem for the Lakers is he is their best on-ball defender. He is a very, very good on-ball defender. It's why the Lakers are so hot to get Alex Caruso because if they add Alex Caruso, that completely changes the dynamic of that team. Yeah. Um. So I think that, that – but the Lakers and Bulls have had extensive conversations and have not been able to get a deal done. I mean, they they want to add. I know factually they want to add Demar Derozan. Um, they would like to bring Caruso back in that trade, but what are you going to give up to get him? They don't want to give up. They don't want to give up Austin Reeves. You're going to have to give up Austin Reeves if they could get Demar Derozan and and I, I don't know how we, the Bulls have an incredibly high asking price on Alex Caruso. Mm -hmm. Like it's outrageous. But I think you have to do something to address one-on-one -on -one defense. Like, I, I look at that Sixers-Mavericks game last night. How many highlights do we see with Luka just not being guarded? Wide open. It it was remarkable to me. Uh, Jay Brannon, does OKC trade for a rebounder? Maybe. Um, I don't think OKC's that interested in making a deal. I think OKC... I think OKC knows that they are right where they need to be. Um, they're tied with Minnesota at the top of the West. But I think Minnesota is a very uh, a, a team that you can very easily scheme. I think OKC knows they're the best team in the West right now. I think one of the things that the one of the teams you better be watching is the LA Clippers. Because if they can find, if they can find some tweaks and they can find a way to lower that points against number. They're giving up like 113 points a game. Uh, 112, excuse me. That puts an awful amount of pressure on your offense. So I think they'd like to add a defender. I think one of the other teams that's very aggressive right now is the Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns are working as diligently as possible to add somebody of, of note at the power forward. Yeah. They uh they have three guards in Beal, Book, and Kevin Durant. 
because that's what those dudes are. They're ball handling shooters. And I think they know they need an ass kicker at the rim. Right. And it's what, frankly, why they couldn't beat Milwaukee in the, in the finals. And they've never been able to answer that question. Valachunas has not been that guy. They need a talented fit a uh, miles bridges. That's why miles is so closely linked to the Suns because he's exactly what, what ails them. And I think they know that if they can get a guy like that, that's a difference maker for them. Yeah, I mean, I think Nurkic has been Nurkic has been a upgrade over DeAndre. There's no question about it. I, oh, you certainly. Know, like I think he's certainly. provided them. You know, he's provided them much more of that ass kicker feel they need. I think the problem with Nurkic is there's a lot of times where he gets out athleted by the premier bigs who are on playoff teams, and that can be kind of a challenge when you talk about bringing Nurkic out to the free throw line and extended and pick and roll situations. And you can't, he can't keep up with the quick guard in the pick and roll. And that's, that's the downside of his game, but it's a trade-off. Hey, you're not going to come into the paint and get a free pass because Nurk is there. But if you can shoot the three, that's available to you. Yep. Uh, Brandon Butler. I just want to see Caruso on the Jazz so the mayor can finally get a Jazz Caruso jersey in hand. <laughs> telling you, nobody smokes weed like Caruso, but he also plays great defense. Tanner Plummer, a member of the show for 13 months. Okay. Way to go. There needs to be a full segment on Caruso on the showground. Mayor McCluskey would love that. He would. Is he here today? Program. I don't know. I haven't seen him yet. He's not here. How an incredible turnaround by OKC from losing by 70 to now being one of the best teams in the NBA West. Hey, man, it's called building an organization. It's called patience. Rookie of the year in uh, Chet Holmgren. Oh, Victor's the way, bitch. No, he's not. (laughs) Big daddy magic. Uh, I think it is. I think it's very interesting to see how patient they've been. Yeah, I mean, rookie of the year, probably an MVP candidate in the next couple of seasons in SGA. Like you've got you've got some stuff happening there. And and I think the big thing for OKC is they play well together. Like SGA and Chet know how to play together. And that's why it works. And there's a lot of teams, again, Jazz, Rockets, you know, Lakers on a lot of nights that just don't play well together. And that's why you lose. Yeah, and I also you look at the way they play and you look at the, you know, the the Jalen Williams or you know, the, the Isaiah Joes, the Jalen Williams, like you have a lot of complimentary pieces there that I think are are really fitting in well. And obviously, Shea Gilgis Alexander's a, a stud. There's just no doubt about that. Um, all right, real quick on some NFL before we get to $18 value meals. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of this? First of all, Patrick Mahomes. And this, oh, did we get rid of that picture? You chicken in a biscuit. I wanted to show Patrick Mahomes half naked. Uh huh. How dare you? Did you guys see shirtless Patrick Mahomes? Am I the only one that thinks that is, that was so awkward? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's interesting that he is shirtless because he does look like Taylor Swift naked. Like he is a, he is dad, bod, God, it's not, it's not ideal, but to his credit, to his credit, all the great ones are, man, they're all, you know, they're like Brady, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, hell, Philip Rivers, you know, like 
Ben Roethlisberger, certainly. All the great quarterbacks are not like these shredded, you shredded. know, muscle-bound, you know, dudes. They are they are athletic. They are pliable, flexible, uh, you know, and that's why he's great because he can do a lot of different things. Okay, here's a good picture of Patrick Mahomes. That look at Patrick. I said look at Patrick. Well, or maybe Brittany you should be looking different right there. Shy. Uh, and then there is this version of Patrick Mahomes, which is I, apparently it's never sunny in Kansas City. But dude, do you, do they have weights there? Do you, do you got do you even do you, do you even lift? Tanned Patrick Mahomes. Do not, you even lift? Not so much. What do you bench? I did, did. Obviously not. Well, if you look like me, that's not good. Are people myring? That's good. But I mean, look at Patrick. Uh, that's not good. Yeah. That's so awkward. Yeah. But hey, man, he gets the job done. And I don't think he's fat in all seriousness. He's not. I think that people expect every football player to be a 6'4", 250-pound linebacker, and that's not how it works at quarterback. And then there's this question. Um, is Patrick Mahomes already better than Tom Brady? No. I hate when we do this as sports fans. But I think this particular instance is justified because of how often Mahomes has been in the Super Bowl. I do think it's a fair question. Tom Brady is an undisputed GOAT in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes is the only dude in the league who has even a chance of running Tom Brady down. If he wins this Super Bowl, he has a chance. The problem is what's going to happen when when you know you have the year where you don't even have Kadarius Tony level wide receivers when yeah, you don't baby. have Travis Kelsey at tight end, right? Like what's going to happen when the roster goes through changes and Patty has to continue to do more and more and more to win. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Boyd Lake quarterbacks are rarely ripped. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Tanner Plummer, if Patty balls out, well, but no, I, he was wearing, what do you mean? He was wearing shorts. That's weird, Tanner. That That's a weird comment and I don't understand. Okay. It. You didn't, you didn't read his whole comment. Oh, my bad. Uh, hey, if Patty balls out, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are you package scoping, dude? Yeah. That's weird. Like what are, what are we doing? Dude? That's weird. Uh, Dakota Tubbs. <laughs> Pat's a dad. That body wasn't given. It was earned. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, the that's cat. very true. Uh, the Christie stupid, sexy Flanders. I mean, Patrick, exactly. Exactly. Tanner Jalen hurts is ripped as hell though, but that didn't help him this last year. Well, he wasn't what was wrong with the Eagles. Your coach is an idiot. Uh, Lake. <laughs> if the brain wore a bikini QBs would look the most ripped of all time. Well, I mean, the quarterback is wearing a bikini. Why does she have to be so damn detestable as a human? I don't know, dude. She is it's annoying. Terrible. Brit, that's Brittany Mahomes, obviously. She is, dude. She is not. Yeah. Fun. She's a handful. Yeah. But that came out wrong. That what I meant, like as it. <laughs> okay, let's move on. OG Gary, everyone wants football players to look like DK. Well. Okay. Uh, Big Daddy Magic. Victor shirtless would break the internet. Yeah, because nobody's ever seen an alien in real life. So 
No, I'm not doing that. Uh, Victor is the way, bitch. Put that in the Euros in Victor's email. the way. Okay. That felt aggressive. Uh, Robert Pro, I thought we were looking at pictures of Patsy Jake there for a minute. Jake, are, are you okay? Why are you? What? Jake you know, wishes. Jake wishes that was him. Was I get his it. picture. I get that. Don't you, Jake? Yeah. There's Jake right there. There he is with the camera in the background there. Right. That, that's Jake. Okay, we should move on. Uh, Tanner Plummer, Mommy, uh, Monty didn't read my whole comment. Play the sad music. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Tanner, how are you feeling about the Eagle? Leave the music running. How do you feel about the Eagles taking their mediocrity to Brazil next season? <laughs> All right, here we are. Uh, Jalen Hurts live in a favela. Um, <laughs> Turns out they're playing on a full dirt field in Brazil. Yeah, how about that? No. Uh, Lopes fan Gabe, is Tanner that guy who looks down while standing next to dudes in the year? <laughs> <laughs> I stood next to Jalen Hurts in a bathroom once. <laughs> I mean, you ever seen a dude unwrap the thigh? It's amazing. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, hey, Jalen, how you, how you doing up there? Eyes up here, sir. How you doing down there, Jalen? Looking pretty good, dude. Dakota Tubbs, can you imagine the great Ollie Gordon shirtless? The world would explode. <laughs> oh my God! If you're, Dude, it, how's James doing? I don't know. Hi, this is James. Welcome back. Did, Yay! Did you guys? No, we're not textually engaged anymore. He broke up with you. No, I broke up with him. What do you mean? You fucking blocked James on your. You blocked yeah. James. Yeah, he can DM me, but he ain't texting me, bro. You blocked James. Yeah. Suckmyass.com. I'm not. What? What is this? We don't get special privileges. You blocked. I, I, I don't. I don't. You need, blocked Ollie Gordon's agent. Yeah, I don't. I don't need. I don't need somebody. You know, texting me like that. You. Why did you block him? Because he can DM me. There are barriers to this game. You. you See, I don't understand your dating habits. Vexes me. How can you tell someone you love them? Terribly vexed. And then turn around and block them. Like a motherfucking. Like, uh, uh, I, seriously. Hell, uh, uh, a fucking. You know, uh, like, it is what it is. What? What do you want me to say? They're, they're, I'm setting. Not I love boundaries. you. I'm setting healthy boundaries, bro. So you tell him you love him and then you block him. Yeah. That's weird. Sometimes yeah. I think I just say shit. That's that's weird. It's not weird. Yes, it's, no, not. it's not. Yeah, not really. I didn't seriously say that. Yes, you did. Oh, I know that the words came out of my mouth. I didn't literally mean that I love James, dude. Jesus. God, does Jake understand that when you say words, people what think the fuck they're mean. One they're meaningful. Have to do with the other. So when you tell your girlfriend you love her, oh, that's honey. my girlfriend. <gasps> Yeah, that's so, my girlfriend. And it's very powerful. Yeah. That's you don't love I do. But you don't love her because you don't mean it when you say no, you So no, you're the guy who says I, I love said, you. Dude. You're the guy who says I love you just to placate her. No. That's then you not get true. what you need and go to sleep. No. You fucking donkey. Isn't that that's what you not, yes, that's not isn't it, that dude. what you said you did here to James? Well, I said I love you. James is not my girlfriend, I, bro. I said I, he's my patsy, not my girlfriend. I said I love you. 
Okay, an account on Twitter yeah. named Pantsy Melosi just started <laughs> following me right now. Pantsy Melosi. Okay. Bro, look at this account. Look at look at look at what it says. Nancy <laughs> Pelosi's fake titties. <laughs> wow. Okay. What am I supposed to do with that, dude? I can't believe you blocked him after you fell in love with him. I wow. didn't fall in love with him, dude. All due respect. So, okay. Uh, Lopes fan Gabe, J2H broke up with James over text message. He did again. Yeah. For the second, did you tell her that you loved her? Well, before she ripped all the shit off the wall in her condo, I did. <laughs> but I doubt know, that. Things change. <laughs> Your dating history. Can, it, can we spend one show just doing Jake's dating history? Well, and See, then. Now, that's just not the way to go here, Karen. Well, Patricia was a nice gal. But, you know. <laughs> he broke up with you over text message? You did. OG Gary, Jake tells tells me he loves me all the time. I never made much of it. You are fake. <laughs> Dakota Tubbs, Jake broke up with James over text defiling our national parks with his Subaru <laughs> and Seminole. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, and donuts. Did Jake send James to the air? I don't know what that means. You, well, every stadium James visits, he takes a quiet moment to contemplate what could have been with J2H. <laughs> I could have been eating this triple bacon hot dog with Jake yum, yum, and two yum. holes right here next to me. Oh, God, Jake, it hurts. No. <laughs> Oh, it hurts so much, Jakey. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, airport. We, we, we have to get the non-sports real. We're running out of time here. Come on. Did Jake send James to the airport? No. A la Tiger Woods. Jake's dating history is like my fandom. It is. Taking the dog on the airplane is a must on Jake's dating Damn it, history. So taking this one particular person by a dog that we specifically told you guy, oh man, you guys shouldn't do that, man. Okay, so we buy a dog that is massive. I love that dog. That shits larger than Jake himself. <laughs> then, then you get it no training. That's not true. We got it. I while I was there, we were getting a train. No, I'm, I'm telling you, we were. So you trained it to go on an airplane. Yeah, we okay. we it was in training. So Absolutely. then, why why did the dog go on the plane and promptly burn a because, deuce? Because because when that happened, mm -hmm. a certain individual, not myself, stopped the training. Oh, she was so heartbroken because this is a girl you broke up with over text. She kept on times. Okay, maybe. And then the dog. Like somebody tried to house sit with that dog, and the dog almost attacked the house sitter. How about that? And it is like a big yeah, it's a seventy dog. pound Roddy mix. Yeah. Oh, just a seventy pound Rottweiler. Yeah, attacked a house sitter, uh, and then took a shat on an airplane. It's really despicable. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I yeah, dude, things wow. happen, bro. Uh, someone needs to check on James. He's got a broken heart. I agree. <laughs> J2H is the George Costanza of the dating world. You are. You you truly are. Uh -huh. It's, you know, it's fine. All right, real quick. Um, 
is fast food too expensive? Now, you guys know that we eat at Del Awesome about once a week. Right. But only because it's like 12 bucks and you can get a pile of a food. feast. Why did I go to Del Awesome? Because I no longer eat at Taco Bell because, well, it's terrible for you. And it's like 70 bucks. Yeah. Which brings me to Darien, Connecticut. Hello. The McDonald's in Darien, Connecticut is selling Big Mac value meals for $18. <coughs> I thought you called it a value meal. For $18. A quarter pounder value meal, $17. A filet fish the greatest sandwich in fast food, a filet fish That's bullshit. No, it's not. I'm see. Will somebody please fight for my that honor? That was a masterpiece of dog shit. No, it's not a fillet of fish. Uh, it, dude, do not make me send you out for one today. Get out of my way, dude. A fillet of fish is amazing. Yeah. Not for twelve dollars in a value meal. How do you call it a value meal and price that at eighteen dollars, bro? Could you ever imagine paying eighteen dollars for a Big Mac Hell French fries and a drink? No. Hell no. And if you want a milkshake in that value meal, it's $22. Like, what? How is that a value meal? Dude, when I went to McDonald's as a kid, it was $5. I got my chicken sando, my fries. No, I your even chicken got my nuggies. toy in the box. Like, we were good. Five bucks. Man, $18? The toys in your value meal cost so many fights. Uh, I think it That's is. I think it is ridiculous how much we're paying for fast food. But... Here's the issue. Aren't we paying that because of what we're paying fast food employees? Yes. And therein lies the problem. How do you, but how do you tell a fast food worker in Connecticut, one of the most expensive states in the country, that you're going to pay him 10 bucks an hour? Nobody's going to take that job. AI automated McDonald's are coming. Does that lower the cost of that value meal? No. There, people are paying it now. Are you really telling me? Are you really telling me that we believe as a society that we'll put in AI into fast food restaurants and they'll they'll pay we'll pay less? No. When did that ever happen? Yeah, seriously. seriously. When, when did when I did, just don't understand like like McDonald's specifically? The thing with McDonald's is it's always been a value proposition, right? The value menu, right? The dollar menu. Hey, you can go to McDonald's for 10 bucks and get a feast. You can get a couple of quarter pounders, a bunch of fries, a soda, like great. Awesome. But that's no longer the case. And now, I just don't understand it. Having done said all that McDonald's is having historically low sales. Yeah. Screw them. And their, their CEO is promising to bring back affordability. What would it take for you to go back to McDonald's? Because I, I, the food sucks. Let's be it. The food's not great. Their breakfast is solid. Everything else sucks, in my opinion. But I, now I the, the Big Mac, like the fries are mid. But when's the last time you had a, a Big Mac? I couldn't even tell you. Couldn't even tell you. I'd have to try another one. But the last one I had years ago at this point was not good. The issue at McDonald's is like all these, the their former chef, their former head chef talking about how if you get folded yellow eggs, they're frozen. If you get the circle eggs on a, uh, uh, you know, a 
what do you call the breakfast sandwich you like there? Egg McMuffin. Egg McMuffin. You get the folded egg on an egg McMuffin or on a sandwich that's frozen. You get the round egg and it's fresh cooked off the griddle. Like it, they're doing so many things to save money, yet their prices are going up. Yeah. And now their CEO on historic sales slumps at McDonald's, which is the first time we've ever seen that. It, they're promising affordability, but I got to be honest with you. They've lost my business forever, mainly because the food sucks. Yeah. I can't see myself. Like I can't see myself going back. Mike Smith. I had a double big Mac the other day. Ooh, was it good? Yeah. Was it good? Or like, where are you at on it? Where, where does it stack up for you? Uh, Tanner Plummer says never going back to McDonald's, not even for breakfast. Dude, it's uh, it's tough to beat their breakfast. And I'll tell you, the the jack in the box that's going in by our house. Yeah, direct competition. The sign is on the building now. The jack in the did you see that? I don't know if you drive by there. I did. I saw it. When's the last time you were at the district? Over the weekend. It is so crazy busy. Hey, you got to go on Sundays. Can't go on Saturday. But anyway, the point is the signs are up on the new jack in the box. Like I would eat at Jack far before I would. I I don't know what it would take for me to to get back yeah. there. Uh, Mike Smith says it good, but messy as hell. Yeah. Uh, try California minimum wage, $20 an hour for fast. So that's food what workers. I mean. You're, you're not going to get McDonald's would have to lower the price and do so much volume to make it worth it for them. You know, uh, Washington state go Cougs says $1 chicken Sando thing. Then I could go but back. But See like that used to be a thing. That used to be a thing that used to absolutely be a thing. Dollar for the chicken Sando dollar for the fry dollar for the drink. You're out of there. For $3 a person. Oh, yeah, Mike Smith. Airport food or drink are crazy. Yeah. You can't afford it. It's like getting stuff at the movie theater. It's crazy expensive. Dakota Tubbs, Tesla Tacos, Elon's newest business venture. Yeah. Uh, Jonah, what happened to $1 McChicken? That's what I'm dude, saying, dude. So good. But, yeah, D, uh, DQ's ridiculous. $30 for a couple of blizzards now. Yeah. Stupid expensive. Yeah. And with no justification. Yeah. So I can, so we're big into meal prepping, me and Mrs. Monty. Mm -hmm. And like today I have, I think I have a sweet potato, black beans, pinto beans, and some chicken. She made crock pot chicken. So good. And it, it is really good. <laughs> and I can probably make that meal portioned out for six bucks, right? The chicken's super expensive still. Yeah. But the sweet potato the black beans and pinto bean mix, like that doesn't cost us anything. Yeah. Going to McDonald's is a, a $25, $30 trip. Right. Like, why would I do that? And it's terrible for you. Yeah. It's terrible for you. I, I just, I'm kind of with Tanner. I can't see myself going back. Yeah. I can't. Mike Chase, Jack in the Box just opened by my work off 56 West, 54th South. Really? Ah, there you go. There you go. There is that the one that had the lines? I think so, but. I love the that. one at the district is going to cause havoc. I, it it's is. just, it's just the reality of it. It is that California stuff is bull. They don't pay $20, not even close. They say that, but we get nowhere, but get nowhere near the minimum wage. I don't know. California. I would live there if I could afford it, but I can't. Yeah. I, I just can't. You're paying a million bucks for a house. The house I have in, in Utah. And I live in a, in a townhouse. I don't even live in like a, a palatial family. estate. Yeah. My my house in LA is a million dollars, dude. It, it's ridiculous. It, I I don't even know how you you're talking like six seven eight thousand a month. Yeah, who can afford that? 
Uh, Deliric, the only thing other than breakfast is a spicy chicken sandwich, not meal, just a sandwich, $239 here in Texas. Really? Uh, Steve, double hamburger and fries is the best McDonald's combo. If you aren't using the McDonald's app, you're getting ripped off. That's the other thing about yeah, McDonald's. Now you got to order on an app. Me, yeah, absolutely. All right, the Monty Show presented by our good friends uh, at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Hey, man, if you're in California, if you're up and down the West Coast, be cool. That weather is wild. But if you get into an accident, if you're injured, if you can't work, the advocates are here for you, man. They, You can chat with an attorney live online. It won't cost you a dime, 24-7, 365. You never pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.